Wow. Yeah, Holy Spirit is here. Just welcome him. Just acknowledge his presence. Lord, we th Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. You're with us. You're resting down on us. You're brooding over your church as you brooded over a ruined creation. That at the word of God, life could spring forth. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We turn this time over to you. We say, do in us what you need to do to prepare us for what you're about to do. And Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Now, as Brian said, we're coming up on our head of the year conference, the beginning of the new Hebrew year. And whenever we start a new year, we want to look to see what God is saying about it. So at this conference coming up this week, one of the things we'll be doing is looking Hebraically at the new year and what God is saying about it. But before we do that, Chuck asked me today to look back over the past year, actually over the past two years, back to the beginning of 2020, because we really have been in a different season. And you say, show what we've had to battle through to get to this point. So the message this morning is moving toward head of the year for 5782, seeing where we've been to discern where we're going. Amen? Now we're about to start the Hebrew year 5782. It's a good idea to begin every year by hearing what God is saying about it. In Revelation 2.7, we read, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. See, the Holy Spirit is speaking. He's speaking through his prophets. Second Chronicles 20.20 says, If we pay attention to the prophets, we will prosper. Now, one of the ways God speaks prophetically is through his calendar. To the Jews, and really biblically, every year is a new prophetic season. And the Jews believe that God speaks prophetically through the Hebraic calendar to give us direction for the season ahead. Now, in Hebrew, year is not written in numbers. The year is written in Hebrew letters. And Hebrew letters don't just have a sound, they each have a meaning. And I believe the letters for the year can give us a prophetic picture of what God is saying about the season. Now beginning in 2020, back at the start of 2020, we've been in a season identified with the Hebrew letter pay. Everybody say pay. That's a free Hebrew lesson. Pay looks like that. This is a pay season. Every year in this decade will be a pay year. So let's review some of what we saw about pay. The letter pay, first of all, it's, it's a picture of a face. The word for face in Hebrew is panim. It's a pay word. In Hebrew, your face represents you. To do something before your face means to do it in your presence. So face speaks of your identity. And this is the year you need to know who you are, what God has called you to do. 
The letter pay is also a picture of a mouth. The earliest pictograph of the letter pay looked like this. And when you, when you look at it, you see what it is. It's a picture of a mouth. That tells us something about the letter pay. You know, a lot of pay words involve your speech. Pay words include word, speech, expression, and vocalization. So in a pay season, God wants you to understand that the words you speak are important. Your words have power. Now, the other letter associated with this past year is the letter Aleph. What does Aleph mean? Well, it's the Hebrew number one. It's the first letter in the alphabet. Uh, some call it the father of the alphabet. But it's a silent letter, yet it's a symbol of strength. And many of the strong names of God are Aleph words. Adonai, which means Lord. In Exodus 3, God identified himself as I am that I am. That's three Aleph words. El and Elohim mean the strong one. El Elyon, the most high God. El Shaddai, God Almighty. El Olam, the eternal God. El Hai, the living God. El Gibor, the mighty God. Elah, the awesome God. And see, God wants you to know that we have a God who is strong enough to overcome any enemy that confronts you. Another Aleph word is father. This is the year God wants you to worship him as a loving father. He wants you to experience his strength and his power and his care. He wants you to know him as a father who has the strength to handle any problem you could ever encounter. And so we've been in a year characterized by the Hebrew letters Pei and Aleph. But we're about to enter a new Hebrew year. The new year is represented by the Hebrew letter Beit. That's what Beit looks like. And originally the Beit was a picture of a house. And one of the main prophetic words over this new year is this is the year God will build the house for the future. Now, next weekend at our Head of the Year conference, we're going to see what God is saying prophetically about this year ahead. But this morning, Chuck asked me to review where we've been starting back at the beginning of the pay season in 2020 and show how we have warred through Aleph to get to Bain. Now, one important thing to know about the pay season is this has been a crucial time for prayer and intercession. The word paga is the word for intercession. It's a pay word. The word palal is the word for prayer. It's a pay word. And God has been calling you to a new level of prayer and intercession this season. God wants you to know that your intercession can change nations. God doesn't want you to just sit around moaning about how bad things are in the world. He says, well, do something about it. Enter into prayer, become an intercessor. He's calling you to intercession because the world is in a mess. Now, some of the pay words, I think, give us some direction for intercession because they tell us some things that are going to characterize this decade. Let's look at a few of them. Pay words include earthquake. So a pay season is a season when the world is shaking. 
So be alert for natural disasters and don't be surprised when things around you seem to be shaking. When things get shaky, guess what? It's time to pray. Refugee is a pay word. Now, refugees are a worldwide crisis, probably as never before in history, and governments don't really seem to have an answer, but God is calling us to intercede. Revolt and rebellion are pay words. At the start of the pay years, we said nations will be in turmoil. Pay words include words to stumble, to dash in pieces, to be in perplexity, to break, crush, scatter, to be startled by a sudden alarm, to be in fear, destruction, and ruin. You see, knowing the prophetic words that were given at the start of this season, it's been interesting to look at the newspaper headlines since then. You know, let's, here's some headlines from the pay years. Earthquakes. Four large quakes in two months jolt southern Philippines. Yellowstone volcano, 107 earthquakes across the park. Warning sign of an eruption. A swarm of a 1,000 earthquakes hit southern California. How nervous should we be? That was the Los Angeles Times. Ring of fire uh, latest are 60,000 earthquakes, a sign of the big one brewing in the Pacific. Full seismic crisis since the beginning of November in the Azores. And then just last this month, Haiti is on its knees after the earthquake killed thousands. God said, pray about the refugee crisis. We've seen it in the headlines. When you read the news, it can be your prayer list. Here's some headlines for the payers. The UN urges a reboot of refugee response as millions are uprooted. Venezuela's refugee crisis to surpass Syria, largest in modern history. The numbers of refugees are at the highest level since the Second World War, over 70 million forcibly displaced. And then just this last month, Europe fears Afghan refugee crisis after the Taliban takeover. God said nations will be in turmoil. Anybody notice any of that? Here's some headlines for the pay years. Tens of thousands take to the streets as Latin America protests spread to Colombia. Violence spreads in Bolivia. Venezuela power struggle plunges the nation into turmoil. Uh, here's one article talking about civil unrest in Syria, Bolivia, Sudan, Iran, Chile, Ecuador, Lebanon, Venezuela, Hong Kong, and Catalonia. And then it even hit the United States. We didn't think it could happen here. But it did. And see, we're living in distressing times, but if you're walking in God's prophetic revelation, you've got to jump on the devil. Because God told you to be praying about these things before they became issues. We saw that a pay year is also a year of visitation. Visit and visitation are pay words. But it's important that we understand what visitation is. Christians usually think of a visitation as a wonderful time when God's presence and power are manifested in his church. But there's another kind of visitation. Visitation can also be when God visits the world with judgment. 
And 2020 was a year of unprecedented catastrophe. In the first half of 2020, we saw wave after wave of disaster sweep the world. In January, we viewed horrific images of fires sweeping Australia. Every major city in Australia was surrounded by fire. In February, there were reports of unprecedented locust swarms in Africa, in the Middle East, and in Asia. Locusts darkened the sky in Africa, stripped fields bare within minutes, and left famine in their wake. The locusts then moved through the Middle East and ate their way to China. Now, in the Bible, locusts are always a sign of God's judgment. It was the ninth plague in Egypt. The book of Joel describes a locust plague as the judgment of God. And then came the coronavirus. It began in one small area of China, but then it just spread everywhere. Nations are in quarantine. Businesses have been closed. Travel is canceled, and the economy is in shambles. And many, many people are living in fear. Then in the wake of the pandemic, waves of violence swept this country. Major cities became war zones. And many people are asking, what is happening? It seems like the whole world has gone insane. And I believe we are witnessing a visitation of God. God is visiting the world with judgment. You know, someone a while back posted a question on Facebook and said, do you think the coronavirus is the judgment of God? And I was shocked at the answers. Because most of the answers said, well, of course not. God is good. He is loving. He would never be the source of something like this. And I thought, have those people never read a Bible? God is a source of love and grace, but he is also a God of justice. Revelation 19 describes Jesus visiting the world for judgment. Let me tell you a secret. Next time he comes, it won't be a baby in a manger. It says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. God is a God of grace, but he's also a God of justice. Habakkuk chapters 2 and 3 describe why God's judgment comes in the earth. Habakkuk describes several kinds of sin that trigger God's judgment against the world. He lists sins like greed and pride and exaltation. He lists the oppression of the poor and the weak. He lists the shedding of innocent blood. You know, shed, the shedding of innocent blood is an epidemic in America. And it's often done to the most innocent of all and in the most violent and painful ways imaginable. And abortion is now the number one cause of death in America. Habakkuk, Habakkuk lists the abuse and the exploitation of women. Habakkuk 2.15, woe to him who gives drink to his neighbors, pouring it till they're drunk so he can gaze on their naked bodies. He even describes date rape, those who add poison to a drink to make someone drunk. 
Now we've all heard about Harry Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein, but those are just the tip of the iceberg. Very few people realize the magnitude of what is happening. You know, the trafficking of women is a $99 billion per year business worldwide. Many thousands of women and girls right here in America are being held in slavery. It's in every city. And the people responsible are so rich and powerful, they think they cannot be caught. But there comes a time when God says, that's enough. And when sins like that become prevalent in a society, there comes a tipping point when God begins to visit that society with judgment. And I believe that's what we saw in 2020. Before God brings revival, some things had to be judged. But in the midst of judgment, a different kind of visitation was stirring. In a season of visitation, God was visiting us with the Holy Spirit. We saw the new Jesus movement on the beaches of California. Two to 3,000 gathered to raise their voice uh, in praise on Pismo Beach. California Beach Revival draws hundreds to Christ, likened to their Jesus People movement. Here's one. The church has left the building. The LA Times declares revival happening at the ocean's edge at Huntington Beach people getting baptized in the surf. And when indoor church services were banned, mass praise gatherings broke out in Los Angeles. They have since spread all over the country. Though the media would not cover it, 12,000 gathered to praise God at the California State Capitol. And it was marked by salvations and by many healings. In many cities, riots paved the way for revival. In Minneapolis, here's one headline, baptisms and miracles taking place in revival at the site where George Floyd died. In Seattle, salvations and open air baptisms. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, the headline said, replacing riots with revival, Christian movement brings baptism and worship to the streets of Kenosha. So this has been a distressing time, but it's also been a time when revival began to break out in the nation. Now for this morning, Chuck said, begin at the beginning of 2020 and show what we have worn through. So I thought, well, let's look to see what we were saying back at the very beginning of the pay season. So I look back at my PowerPoint for the message for head of the year 5780, which was 2020, and I was amazed at what I found because the theme for the pay season was breakthrough into a new era. I mean, here's the PowerPoint slide from the start of that message, the Hebrew year 5780, breakthrough into a new era. So... The most important word God gave us about 5780 was that we were entering a new era. There was a sense that everything was about to change. We had no idea 
how radical that change would be because everything changed. Now they talk about a new normal and what that means is things are different now and you can't go back. Don't think in six months things will be like they used to be. But we can know this, in all of these changes, God is in control, God has a plan, and it's for your good. And as you walk with him, you will see revival. And I believe we're about to see the greatest revival in human history. So let me share how I encountered this new era. In January of 2020, Right after our starting the year off right conference, Linda and I headed off for a mission trip to Thailand and Japan. It was a wonderful trip. We taught, we ministered, we met with leaders. We were thrilled to hear that revival was breaking out all over Thailand. Hundreds of people were being saved. There were mass baptisms on the riverbanks. I mean, nothing like that had ever happened in Thailand. Thailand was known as a nation that was very close to the gospel, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit was sweeping the country. So it was a wonderful trip, but we had no idea that it would be our last mission trip for two years. We didn't know it, but on the day we left for the trip, which was January the 9th, the World Health Organization announced a mysterious coronavirus had popped up in Wuhan, China. The day we got back from the trip, January 20th, the first coronavirus cases were reported in Thailand and Japan. The day after we got back, a Washington state resident who had just returned from Wuhan was confirmed as the first case in the US. And then cases just began to spread everywhere. And fear was rising of a massive pandemic that could kill tens of millions of people, of hospitals being overwhelmed. And by mid-March, our nation was in lockdown. And the strategy was figured like this. They said, it's going to be two weeks to flatten the curve. Because since the incubation period of the virus was two weeks, the experts said, if everybody will just stay home for two weeks, we can stop the spread of this thing. So non-essential businesses were shut down. People stayed home. But the spread did not stop. And so two weeks became month after month after month. And the lockdown continued. And the effect was disastrous. While big stores like Walmart and Target were allowed to remain open, smaller business, businesses and restaurants were forced to close. In many places, church services were considered non-essential. And so riots and political gatherings were encouraged, but church attendance was severely limited and even banned. California said when the church does meet, you can only have maximum of 25% of the building capacity and you're not allowed to sing. Can you imagine that the government telling churches you can't sing in church? 
Many people, because of all of the businesses being forced to close, many were out of work with no money. They were in a desperate situation. In some places, lines of cars stretched for miles on the highway with people waiting to get a few bags of groceries at a food distribution center. Moving into the summer, parks and beaches were closed. People were told to stay home and stay indoors. And more and more people were overwhelmed by fear. Hand sanitizer and toilet paper and bottled water disappeared from the stores overnight. Mask mandates were enacted. If you went out in public, you had to cover your face. And so in one year, life as we had known it was drastically changed. It was definitely a new era. Now, what was taking place was very significant in the spirit. See, spiritual warfare had taken on a whole new dimension. As God released waves of judgment on the earth, Satan seized his opportunity to oppress and torment the human race. Satan has operated in these last two years more blatantly than I had ever imagined. More than one person has commented to me, the devil is not even trying to hide what he's doing anymore. So what has the devil been up to? In a season like this, it's important to know what God is doing, but it's also important to know what the devil is doing. Now the most blatant thing the devil has done is to virtually outlaw the worship of God in many places. I mean, I never thought I'd see that happen in America. But at the height of the pandemic, liquor stores, casinos, abortion clinics, and even strip clubs were allowed to operate in many places while the churches were forced to shut down. Now, I had heard that uh, claim before that even strip clubs could operate where the church was shut down. And I thought, you know, that's just sort of hard to believe. So I Googled it. And it brought up all sorts of, here's the very first one that popped up from the Associated Press, December 10th, 2020. And it said, while California's new stay-at-home order has shut down restaurant dining, shuttered salons, and kept church services outdoors, two strip clubs in San Diego are still welcoming patrons nightly, protected by a court order. I thought, God help us. This is America, and you're not allowed to go to church, but you can go to a strip club. Here's another picture of what Satan is doing. And this is just sort of a symbolic picture. But remember what the, this pay season is all about. Pay was a picture of the mouth. Your voice is important. Your words have power. Pay is also a picture of the face. In Hebrew, your face represents you. Your face speaks of your identity. And so in this pay season, when your mouth and your face are so key, what have we been told to do? Mask your face, cover your mouth. Now, let me say, it's not wrong to wear a face mask. You know, my daughter has lived in Japan for years, and in Japan, if you caught a cold, you wore a face mask just to keep from coughing all over everybody. It's not wrong to wear a face mask. 
Where one is required, you should wear one. If you feel more comfortable wearing one, wear one. But you need to know that your voice and your identity are crucial issues in this season. And Satan will try to shut you down. So this is a time you need to know who you are and the power of the words you speak. But the primary thing Satan has done in this season is to openly demonstrate his hatred of the human race. You know, Jesus described Satan this way. He says he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's what he does. And Satan has been doing that enthusiastically, openly, for the past two years. And the result is people have been devastated. Many report being overwhelmed by anxiety and hopelessness, depression. In some areas, suicide rates have skyrocketed. That's particularly true in minority communities and among young people. I heard one quote that said, in the last two years, more children have died from suicide than they have from COVID. That's the level of hopelessness people are dealing with. But more than anything else, people have been paralyzed by fear. There are people in this country who have been afraid to go outside of their house for months. But in Satan's desire to torment the human race, I believe he has overplayed his hand. Because more than I've ever seen before, people are desperate for hope. They are hungry for some good news. They are crying out for exactly what Jesus offers. As Jesus said, the fields, I believe, are ripe unto harvest. See, I believe the world has been primed for revival. And so this week, we are moving into a new year. And I want to declare it's harvest time. Tell your neighbor, it's harvest time. It's time for the harvest. I mean, that's what Leanne shared earlier. That's what Linda got up and shared. It's time for, tell your neighbor, it's time for the harvest. See, in Hebrew 5782, you know, 5781 was the year of the Father. 5782 is the year of the Son. It's a year to proclaim good news. That means there is a new anointing for evangelism. And I believe in 5782, we will begin to see God build his house. The power of God is coming on his church. And God is calling you to join him in building the house for the future. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in the world. We thank you that you have Prime the world for, for the greatest revival I think the world has ever seen. People have lost hope in everything. And they're looking for something they can trust. They're ready to know Jesus. So Lord, we pray for that evangelistic anointing to begin rolling out. We pray that you begin to create divine appointments 
where we'll meet with people at the right time, at the right place, to introduce them to life. Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing. I pray your blessing on each one here. Lord, prepare and equip us for the conference this week as we come together for head of the year to see what it means for God to build the house for the future.